There we go. Hello, everyone. Back for our final session of the day with uh, Derek Dietz from Improve CME talking about literal linkage of learning objectives to specific outcomes levels. Um, and Derek has the pleasure of being scheduled for the time that my kids are also scheduled to come home from school. So let's uh, hope we don't have any extra visitors. But they've been given instructions. So Derek, I'm going to turn it over to you and take it away. Thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be with you today. We'll be focusing on an approach called LinkSmart. So this is a way, one way, one approach to improve the literal linkage of learning objectives to specific outcomes levels. And I know it's not the only way, but it's one way that uh, I've experimented with over the years and it's based on about 23 years of experience designing CME activities, writing learning objectives, and then measuring outcomes, uh, very focused measurement of outcomes in the last 10 years. Next. LinkSmart is really meant to address uh, three challenges. The first being the writing of learning objectives that really accurately reflect the needs or gaps to be filled. But writing those learning objectives within certain domains, those domains being the levels of outcomes, knowledge, competence, etc. That seems to be a challenge. A second one, writing outcomes questions that assess achievement of learning objectives. So getting that linkage right making sure your outcomes questions really do assess achievement of learning objectives. That seems to be a challenge. And the third one is optimally reporting the degree to which you actually achieved your learning objectives. So that seems to be a challenge. We'll focus mostly on the first two. Next. It really seems to be an issue of linkage. When things are linked together, we have greater chances of success. When there's a stronger linkage, a greater chance of success in meeting our objectives, in uh, assessing properly and accurately, and being able to achieve our goals. Next. So what I'm suggesting is that LinkSmart is one approach to help us do that. It's a structure and approach to really strengthen the linkage. Next. I really think that designing CME is like building a bridge. And so I'd like to spend just a couple minutes talking about uh, next this allegory of bridge building. Next. Here's our bridge. So the folks who designed this bridge had, had a gap to cross, a gap to spend. They wanted to be able to convey people and vehicles from the left side over this gap to the right side. And they did us all sorts of measurements to begin with. How, where do we start from? Where do we end? How far is it that we need to go? What's the nature of the gap? What are the environmental factors around this gap that are going to affect this structure that we're building? And what do we need to do to support it properly? What is it, uh, what's going to make people trust that they can get across this bridge? So in CME language, really perhaps what we've got here, using this allegory, 
on the left side, you see that structure where the bridge begins. Perhaps that's some of our needs assessment, understanding where we are now. Where is knowledge, competence, and performance? And how are we doing on patient outcomes right now? And then where do we need to go over on that other side? Um, how big is that gap? What kind of structure is going to help us get there? And what are the elements that we need to really get there? So that's the basic allegory that I'd like to follow. Next. Sometimes this gap that we need to fill is not very wide at all, and we just need some basic stepping stones. Next. But sometimes this gap is miles long. This is a seven-mile-long uh, bridge, and it takes years to get there. And we need all sorts of supportive structure to help us along the way. And it could be multiple CME activities over time. But there's got to be a linkage for it to work. To span that gap, there's got to be proper linkage. Next. Sometimes, though, we've nailed our current situation. We know where knowledge, competence, performance currently are. And we build this bridge, but we don't know where we're going. We don't know how big the span is, how big that gap is. And so we have a bridge to nowhere. Next. Sometimes we build, um, we, we build a great on-ramp. We've got our learners motivated and interested to participate. They're going to begin on this path. We've got a, another firm understanding of where we are currently, and we launch them off to, well, we don't really know where. Um, they're out there somewhere, and maybe this kind of bridge represents that there is a knowledge foundation, but we didn't really take them beyond that. Next. Here, this bridge could conceivably represent, well, we started on the left to go to the right. And boy, we had our need, we knew the gap, we understood the gap. We had our supportive structures in place. We had some milestones, some pillars along the way. Maybe we didn't go past knowledge or competence, and we really needed to. Or maybe we didn't ask really solid outcomes measurement questions at the end and we weren't able to assess how far we made it. Next. Sometimes our bridge is totally irrelevant. Sometimes on this particular day, when all this water surrounded this bridge, I don't know how much good this was doing. Next. Sometimes we, we build a bridge that's really attractive, and it's got all sorts of lights, colored lights, and people really want to, to go across this bridge, and it's a pleasant experience for them. And that can be a great thing, too. Sometimes not all of that is needed, but irregardless of the approach that we're using and the bridge that we're building, all the linkage needs to be there. Next. In this case, maybe early on in activity, something was just missing. 
everything else is firm and structurally sound, but there's something that's missing. Is it a set of weak, are learning objectives weak? Did we forget to, to really link our pre-questions to our learning objectives? Next. In the end, what we want to avoid is this. Now, there is structure here, but very limited linkage and plenty of places for us and our learners to fall through. This second bridge on the right is missing a whole bunch of upfront stuff. So there's no way for the learner to get across. And I think you'd agree that with stronger linkage and better structure, this could be much more efficient to help a learner span the gap. Next. So what is this thing I call link smart? So the link part of it is we're working to link these things, our needs or our gaps, to the learning objectives. We're working to link our learning objectives to our content. You've got to have content that addresses learning objectives. And then you want outcomes questions that are linked, of course, to your content to the learning objectives that are written based on your needs and gaps. Those are the links I'm talking about. Next. And the SMART part of this is the SMART acronym that you've been used to hearing for many years. And sometimes I see different words used here for the acronym, but to me it's meant specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. It's a good framework in my mind to use to help us in CME. However, to a certain extent, it, it's been applied generally and not within certain domains or levels of outcomes, which is, you know, achieving those is our end goal. Next. So this Link Smart approach here is basically how it works. The first thing is to review the needs assessment and identify the needs or gaps by outcomes domain, meaning when you look at the needs assessment, what are the knowledge, the confidence, the competence, the performance, the patient health gaps that you see? Some people do this, are doing this in really well in their grant request development stage. Other folks aren't developing grant requests, but still need a strong planning document. That's a place to start. The second thing is to then develop learning objectives that are specific to the outcomes levels you found in your gaps. In other words, you want knowledge learning objectives and competence learning objectives. And that's the approach. So using the following framework is what I'm suggesting as a way to, to do that. So how could you structure a learning objective for achieving a knowledge outcome? Here's just one way. I'm not a medical writer, and I know that a lot of, a lot of folks have those additional skills, this is providing a framework for you to work from. You can wordsmith this in a variety of ways, but the great basic framework is that you're going to say that after completing the CME activity, participants will, you might say that in your grant request, participants will, but if you're talking to your learners, you might say you will have significantly increased awareness, knowledge regarding and then you list the things that you know from your gap analysis 
they're deficient in their knowledge. And these are examples courtesy of Steve Bender from the Rapid CME Initiative. So it's a rheumatoid arthritis CME uh, initiative, initiative for primary care clinicians. And I realize the examples I'm giving here go far beyond the total number of objectives you might use, but they're just for illustrative purposes in the different domains. So here again, the knowledge framework is have significantly increased awareness, knowledge regarding these things that you know from your needs assessment were deficient. The stronger your evidence for understanding that these items were gaps in knowledge, the better for your assessment in the end, your outcomes measuring it in the end. Next. Here's a confidence framework. And I know some folks have been concerned that confidence may not have been specifically assigned an outcomes level. I think of it as a component of competence. But here, many folks are, are measuring confidence. So here's how you might structure this learning objective have significantly increased confidence in their ability to accurately do these things. You can already see by looking at this, and you can already picture in your mind what questions you would therefore use to measure a change in confidence. And I'll provide some examples of that in a minute. Next. And then competence. So what might a competence learning objective look like? I haven't experimented too much with this particular word structure, but it's an option. Many folks like to use case vignettes, uh, pre and post or post control for measuring uh, you know, competence change, but uh, here's one potential way. Your objective is that they get more correct answers after than before on case vignette vignettes related to these things, these components of patient care that you found to be deficient in your needs assessment, your gap analysis. Next, this is another approach to measuring competence change or crafting a competence learning objective that I've used a lot. It's been, been experimented with years ago but used on tens of thousands of learners. So after completing the activity, you'll have significantly, in, it will have significantly increase their planned frequency of use as compared to their current frequency of use of the following evidence-based clinical practice strategies. So you may not be familiar with this approach, um, but basically you can ask them, how often do you use the squeeze test when you suspect rheumatoid arthritis? How often do you currently do that? And now, how often do you now plan to do that? And so that's a very literal way to say, what are the things, the clinical practice strategies that clinicians are not using that, uh, that we know based on evidence and best practices, they ought to be doing more of. And you list those. They need to be specific. They need to be elemental components of larger, more complex behaviors. Next. then how would you word a learning objective around performance to patient health? Well, one way to do this is to link it back to the competence items, items I just mentioned to you. So the goal would be that they self-report increased frequency of use 
of the same clinical practice strategies eight weeks post-activity compared to their current frequency of use, and that they would document positive patient outcomes based on their new increased use of those strategies. So that's a suggested framework. It links back to the strategies you're using for competence assessment. Next. So just to kind of repeat, what is, what is in your uh, quiver in terms of questions to use? Now, I know there are many other question structures. Um, but here is a basic framework to start with to, to measure your pre-post knowledge. You've got your standard multiple choice knowledge questions. And yes, those are by far the standard for assessing knowledge change when they're quality questions. You've got an agreement scale question. You make a clinical assertion and you ask for their agreement on a scale of one strongly disagree to five strongly agree. For confidence, you can ask people in a pre-post fashion to rate their confidence in their ability to do something. Uh, not at all confident to five, extremely confident. Keep in mind that for some people, some of the questions you're asking them, when it goes beyond knowledge, they don't have an opportunity to do what you're asking them about in practice. And so leaving an NA option makes sense. And I like to think of confidence or self-efficacy as a component of competence. Next. Um, so two approaches to competence using those case vignettes with multiple choice response options and then uh, the approach that I mentioned to you, um, how often do you currently now plan to use each of the following clinical practice strategies for your patients with and that's a way to measure, again, the achievement of your learning objective. Very specific, very structured, very linked. And again, never to always. Um, and keep in mind, there are folks that uh, would not have the opportunity to, to do these things in their practice, so they don't see patients. Next. So uh, go ahead and, and go to the, this will build the next. So again, the linkage that I'm talking about here is if you've nailed your knowledge gaps, you've got evidence of those, you, you craft a knowledge learning objective, which is increased knowledge regarding those three items. You bulletize them. They're there. You know then that you've got to measure those three uh, changes in knowledge for those three items. Therefore, you develop, perhaps as an example, three post, pre-post knowledge questions. And you've nailed the degree to which you've, you've um, measured or assessed achievement of that knowledge, that knowledge learning objective, and the degree to which you fill the gap for those learners. You've identified performance gaps, and so on the competence side of things, you're going to identify three things, perhaps, in this scenario, that you think they, you know, you know that they need to do more of in their practice. And your content reinforces the need and the evidence to support their need to do that. And so then you can use your three pre-post or post-combined competence question. How often do you currently do this? How often do you now plan to do this? And then next, our performance gaps also help us craft performance learning objectives, which can be derived from those competence 
items that you had. So three actual frequency of use questions in the follow-up survey. Um, how often have you been using these three clinical practice strategies? And next, for your patient gap, your, your patient health gaps or patient outcomes gaps, you've got that patient health objective, which is to uh, get them to identify, reflect on the performance changes that they've made and what those how those results have been reflected in patient health. So you can ask them open-ended questions. Now, I realize that what I'm proposing here is not research. This is really assessment. It's not high-end research, double-blind, placebo-controlled stuff. But these are kind of basic frameworks that can be used uh, and linkages that can be established to really help us be more successful, I think. Uh, I've certainly used them, and the example that I gave to you has been used for about three to four years at this point, and um, has helped us provide a really structured report in the end that says, here's the degree to which the gaps have been filled. Now, some folks have looked at this approach and said, you know, it's the wording that you're using and the structure you're wording you're using would be a challenge for us to put in a grant request. You know, many commercial supporters would just not be, this would be too different for them. Well, that's fine. You can adapt this as you feel necessary. Uh, you can structure the wording a little bit differently. Sometimes you can combine things and learning objectives. And I know that often there are learning objectives that have one statement that there's a knowledge component and a performance component to it. Um, but what I'm suggesting is this may provide us some help um, at, at several stages uh, in our uh, design of CME activities to, to help us improve linkage and improve chances for success. Next. So the goal here is to use LinkSmart to build a better bridge, to fill in those gaps, to have a stronger structure, um, to really link everything together. So in the end, we can say we achieved this objective to this degree, and we filled this gap. And uh, that's really it. I'm open to any questions, comments, observations, concerns, worries, and uh, recommendations for improvement of this approach. Thank you. Thanks, Derek. I really appreciate your presentation. Um, didn't have any questions come in, but uh, people, are, I'm sure, will be more than happy to uh, send you an email with any follow-up they might have. Um, and thanks for some real good practical tips for all of us to use. I think they'll come in uh, really handy. And with that, we are done with day one of CME Palooza. Thank everyone, including Derek, um, for presenting today. We'll be back at it again tomorrow morning, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, until then, everyone enjoy watching the tournament or whatever else you might be doing today. Derek, thanks again. Have a great night. Thank you.